Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. 15, and it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, Brian. And for our text, Acts chapter 9 and verse 18. And immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. Have you ever read that before? And he received sight forthwith and arose and was baptized. And using a portion of that scripture, and immediately there fell from his eyes as it had been scales. I would like to preach on the thought of a message, Christmas contacts, or God's corrective vision. Christmas contacts. Let us pray. Brother Jonas, he's raising a family of broccoli. And he's got a green thumb. Brother Jonas, would you ask the Lord's blessing? <laughs> oh, Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity you gave us to be in your presence, to be in your house. Open our heart to receive your message and let us keep your message because out of your message we can't live in this world, God. Help us, help us, God. Give us this food we come in to get from you, God. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you for that prayer. Christmas contacts. Not contacts in your phone, but contacts that go into your eyes that allow you to see. This guy said, having worn contacts for the past few years, it's become really easy to put them in. He said, it's so easy, I bet I could do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> Yesterday I was visiting with my family in St. Augustine, and I am older than 29, like Brother Junor. Well, maybe we're 29 plus, plus. And my sister, she said, I've got these, these reading glasses. And I said, I don't want those. I can see. I can, I'm good. You know that you can see when you get older as long as you hold things away from you. And it gets to a point where your arms aren't long enough. You have to back up in order to see them. And I began to give all kinds of excuses. I can see. I don't need those. And so I tried them on. And I held something close to my eyes without, see, all glasses are, are lenses. You just have them away from your eyes, right? And I, I, I held something up to me. I think it was a, a bottle of shampoo or something like that. And when I put the glasses on, I couldn't see without the glasses. It was all fuzzy. And when I put the glasses on, the cheap readers from Amazon, all of a sudden, 
There was stuff there. I could read it, right? It wasn't a mystery anymore. Well, I really believe that that's what lenses do. Your eyes have lenses in them, but sometimes in the course of life, we can face problems with our lenses. Uh, You can get what are called cataracts. That's when your lenses begin to cloud over. And the lenses to have, you need to have that cloudiness taken off and you need to have a new lens put on your eye so that you can see. Well, I really believe that in God's way, spiritually, God gives us new lenses. He gives us lenses. And really the gospel starts at Christmas, doesn't it? The gospel is about the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christmas starts with something that we need to see. The Bible says in our, in our Bible reading that the shepherds in the Gospel of Luke, the Christmas story is found in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2. And these shepherds, they were abiding in the fields. It wasn't daytime. It was night. What happens at night, you can't see. And so they were just doing their job, going about their business. And the Bible said, lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord did what? Shone round about them. All of a sudden, it wasn't artificial light, but it was heavenly light. I'm thankful that God can shine a light in any situation where we are. My daughter was given a nightlight by Miss Misa. And uh, when it gets dark... The nightlight just turns on. It's automatic. Whenever it gets dark, it has a sensor in it. Many of you have those for your house where it gets dark and you have these security lights turn on. My daughter likes a nightlight. I like it to be dark when I sleep, but that's another, that's another story, right? The Bible said, and the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, you can imagine these shepherds quaking in their sandals, right? And the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. But you see, the angel had a message. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. And the message of Christmas, it says, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then they said, this shall be a sign. Unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. There's a choir in heaven. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see. They wanted to see this thing. You see, God had opened up to them something that happened. He said, let's go see for ourselves." Isn't that the way that it is? Someone tells you something, say, you know what? I want to go see that for myself. Like Zacchaeus, he said, I want to see Jesus who he is. You know, other people have said the things about Jesus, but let us go see for ourselves. You know, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're really beginning to see for yourself. And it's the Christmas contacts that make us see correctly. 
There's a correct, it's called corrective vision, right? Not interpretive vision. Because there is a right way to see. And then there is a wrong way to see. The Bible says, first of all, we want to talk to you about the need for Christmas contacts. And I'm talking about the contacts that go in your eyes. You see, when we can't see, we begin to bump into things. We can't see. Now, the bumping into things in the dark, those are things that happen to us in life, but bumping into things spiritually. I remember when I came to church for the first time and they began to preach the gospel. You see, the gospel is really God's Christmas context. It starts at Christmas with the birth of Jesus Christ. The Bible said he wasn't just a good guy. He wasn't just a, 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 a nice, you know, the man upstairs. But he was a savior that unto us is born a deliverer. And if we need a deliverer, we need to be delivered from something there was a need for christmas contacts and we began i remember i came to church and they began to preach and i began to realize whoa i'm not a christian i was talking to my daughter when i came to church i realized that there were things in my life that i could not see before but when the gospel began to be preached you know i remember I remember saying, man, I am a sinner. I remember thinking that I am not right with God and I didn't like it, but it was that light that God began to shine in my life. But the prescription, when you go to get corrective lenses, have you ever done that before? My daughter, my daughter, my wife, my daughter has been there. My daughter wants to wear glasses and she doesn't even have a prescription. She just thinks glasses are cool. So I think we're going to get her some just so she can wear glasses. But my wife goes and she gets contacts and a doctor writes a code that no one else can read except the pharmacist, right? They, they scribble something down. But a prescription is something that is, is written. You know, the gospel is a message that is written. When Jesus spoke to Satan, what did he say? It is written. The Bible is God's prescription. But a lot of times people will open it up and they don't understand it. They read it and they say, I don't understand. I used to have a Bible before I became a Christian. I didn't read it. I open it up to the middle. You know what's in the middle of the Bible? You open it up in the middle. Psalms. And I'd read a psalm, one of these praises, and then I'd close it up and I'd stick it back in my shelf. And I hadn't gotten anything. Why? Because I needed some Christmas contact. But when I came and heard the gospel, I began to realize that there was some correction that needed to take place in my life. You see, a lot of times we don't realize that we need glasses or we tell ourselves, I'm good. I can see fine. Until I put my sister's glasses on. She goes, do you want these? I'm like, no, I'm not. Say, preacher, are you just proud? I'm just not ready to wear glasses yet, but I need them. I need need reading glasses, right? Maybe I'll borrow someone else's and just give them back, right? (laughs) Like grandparents for glasses, right? You just wear them for a little while and give them back. But I realized, just like the Apostle Paul, before he got saved, Do you know the Bible says he could see just fine, but he was fighting against God and he did not even know it. He was breathing out threatenings and slaughter and he was going to put Christians in prison, whether they were men, women, or children. And he had authority to do so. And the Bible said that what happened? A great light shone from heaven. 
God was going to do some corrective Christmas contact surgery on Paul. And he said, Saul, Saul. He said, why persecutest thou me? Saul was trying to help. He was a Jew and he wanted to to stop what he thought was heresy. And he thought it was worshiping God the wrong way. And he was actually turning out to fight against God. And the Bible said that he saw this light and he was blinded. And the Bible said that he said, he heard a voice said, I'm Jesus whom thou persecutes. And he said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. And those are cattle prods. Have you ever felt God just like pricking your heart and dealing with you about something? God said, it's hard for you to do that. I'm keeping because you can kick against the prick, but that prick is going to be stronger than all of the kicks that you have. And the Bible said that he was blind and had to be led by the hand. You know, I thought about this and I've never thought about it before. I'm not making this as a biblical declaration, but Paul was blind for three days and three nights until a man named Ananias was sent to pray with him. And he said, Brother Saul, I'm come here to, that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, we need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need the power. Once you're anointed with blood in the Old Testament as the high priest, you're anointed with oil. Because you need forgiveness by the blood and you need that oil. You need the power of the Holy Ghost in your life. And Ananias was sent there and it said when Ananias prayed for Saul, the Bible said that scales fell out of his eyes. And I have never thought about that until maybe yesterday. Have you ever cleaned? Now, Brother Janor is a blessing. So let's talk about him again. We talked about him last week, but... This week, he sometimes gives us fish. So he catches fish and we'll be eating. We'll be eating all kinds of fish. Shark, catfish, other fish. I don't even know what it is. They're all kinds of different fish. Well, what mullet, well, not mullet, mullet. You, you know all the kinds of fish. And I don't know how to gut fish. I had to learn. I had to get a, a video. So, and it was, it was something. I, you know, a, a suburb boy didn't know how to gut fish. So it was, it was interesting. But one fish he gave us had a lot of scales. And cat, that's not the catfish. Those just have a big, but this was a different type of fish. What kind? The mullet? Maybe the mullet had all these scales. And if you don't, I was careful, okay? I used napkins, I used gloves, I was like spraying bleach, trying to clean it up. It doesn't matter. You're gonna be finding these little scales. They're, they're translucent. You know what they look like? Contact lenses. They're see-through. You can't see them. That's why you're finding them all over the counter because you can't clean them up because they're just all over the place. They're on the floor. You find them, you know, in your clothes. You find them on your skin. They're just all over the place. And I begin to think the Bible said that that's what fell from Saul's eyes. They look like scales, like fish scales. And, you know, they didn't have contact lenses 2,000 years ago. But you know what? God... I believe was doing eye surgery on Paul. It didn't say it fell from his eyebrows or from his face. These scales fell from his eyes. Have you ever thought about that? So, well, God can't do that. Brethren, God can do whatever he wants. <laughs> I believe that God was, and it was a message for all of us that, and I'm not making a declaration doctrinally, but that's what it said. That, and then he could see. But not only could he see, he began to see things 
correctly. And he began to preach in the synagogues that Christ is the son of God. He began to change. You see, because a lot of people, they'll see life through a lens that's not correct. Some people see everything through the lens of race. Have you ever talked to someone and everything is about race? Everything. And I know that we look different, but do you know that Steve is black and I am white? Well, actually, he's more brown and I'm more pink, okay? But that's just a... <laughs> Steve has more in common with a white guy from Palatka than I do. Because I was born in Kenya. And I grew up in Hong Kong. And I grew up in Russia. And I wouldn't understand until Brother Junor helped me out how to gut a fish. I didn't know. <laughs> Steve drives a pickup. I drive a station wagon. I would have more in common with, I do, with someone from Africa who works for Reverend Patterson. Do you know why? I grew up in Africa. And and, and say, well, but they're from Sudan and they're black. I know. But you see, I want to share, race is a a defining. We look different. But culture is a greater source of being similar. It's true. There's a lot of Americans, they'll talk about things like NASCAR and stuff, and I just like, I don't know whose driver that is. I don't know their number. It's like not their phone number, but their car number. I just don't know. I grew up overseas. But you see, what lens are we looking through for our lives? Is it a lens of race? And Now, to be a racist is wrong. And that's what that... Uh, that man named John Newton, he wrote a song called Amazing Grace. And he was a racist. He was a, he was a slave trader back in, what, the 1700s? And, and slavery is evil. And slavery is wrong. But you know what he said in that song? Because Jesus reached out to him. He said, I once was what? He said, I was blind. He didn't say he was physically blind, but he didn't have Christmas contacts. But you know what he said after that? He said, now I see. Brethren, there's slavery all around us. I don't know if you realize this, but human trafficking is in Jacksonville. And it's not one race or one gender, but people are trafficked from all over the world. There's still slavery uh, against certain races is still very active in Africa. It is still wrong. It is still evil. But if you look through those corrective lenses of the gospel, you'll see we still have sin available all around the world. But I'm thankful that Jesus, he can give me a new lens to look through the lens of Jesus. See, Jesus loves the whole world. It really doesn't matter what we look like. And Jesus is the most important thing that we can serve. You know, there have been people that told my wife, my wife is crafty. I mean, she <laughs> likes to make crafts. And people will look at my, my wife and say, you could sell this. I mean, even Christian ladies, you could sell this. Go on Etsy, go on, you know, whatever. The, and you know what? She could. But you know what? Does everything have to be for profit? Why can't she just give it? Man, I like to just, she just makes it. And she's like, I know I can sell it, but I just give it. Why? Because I just love to be a giver. I talked to a guy who was getting gas today. Not at Taco Bell. (laughs) That's gastrointestinal humor, okay? I was at the gas station and I was talking, a guy came up to me. He goes, hey, 
you know, nice Subaru, whatever. And I'm like, okay, what's the deal? What is he trying to sell me? You know? <laughs> he, bought, he buys and sells cars. So he, he noticed the Subaru was a good car. And I'm like, hey, thanks, you know? And, um, and so I, I said, were you in the Marines? And he goes, no, that's just a car that I bought because he had a Marine sticker and he's, he's a car dealer. And he showed me this picture of this car. He was going to go buy it today. I mean, he was odd to a popka to go buy a car. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I said, I said, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor uh, on Wells Road. He goes, yeah, I, I, that's okay. He said, I go to, a, I, I go to this other church, in a big church. You'd know the name of it. And he said, I was a greeter there for five years. And then he said, before that, he said, this big church. And, uh, and, I, and as, he, as he went, and I'm not trying to find fault, but I was like, you know, if you're a greeter and you're a servant in those churches, where are you on Sunday? And I understand making money is important, brethren. I understand there's deals out there. But you know what? What about God? And you know what? If you've already known, he said for years he's been serving. Where's that heart? Brethren, on Sunday morning I get up and I get excited about Jesus. You know that God's going to do something in someone's life. That God's going to redeem a soul. That God's going to give us hope one more time. You know that I'm excited about God. I begin to look through those Christmas lenses. Yesterday I was thinking about many of you and I'm like, like, man, I'm so thankful that I get to go and be around my friends. I get to be around people that love God. And, and many of you, you've loved my daughter and you've given her blessings and taken care of me and my wife. I love you and I want to be around you. And I'm thinking, man, you can go buy a car and there's deals out there. And he's telling me the profit he made on this other car. Brethren, I believe God can profit us. The Bible, he gives us power to get wealth, but he adds no sorrow to it. He can give us a clean gain. I'm thankful that God gives me profit. I believe that God can give you profit and you don't have to be, feel grievous about it. That's right. Because you put God first. God, can God profit you, Brother Patrick? Yes. God can profit you. Yes. And then Brother Patrick was telling me some years ago, and he was like, yeah, this and that and the other. And, and it was like God was giving him favor. God was giving him favor. And God was opening up contracts and different things. God can really do that. He can absolutely do that. He can absolutely do that. You see, God's in control of everything. I remember when years ago, my uh, company I was working for, one guy didn't agree with the boss anymore. No big deal. Except in the business world, you have to get people to sign off on contracts before you can submit those contracts for payment. It's a legal thing. And this man didn't want to do that. <laughs> and without his signature, they couldn't submit this, this uh, contract for payment. And uh, I said, where is he? And he said, well, he, they, I think he's working in Gainesville, Florida. Now that's hours from us. And so I said, okay, give me the document. So what are you gonna do? I'm just going to drive to Gainesville and pray and see if I run across him. <laughs> said, preacher, that's stupid. But I found him. <laughs> said, well, why don't you just call him? He wasn't answering his phone. He didn't want to talk to the boss. So what did you do? I drove out to Gainesville. Now, let me tell you about my car. The, the cigarette lighter, I don't smoke cigarettes, okay? But the cigarette lighter that you charge your phone with did not work. So when your phone starts to die, there's no helping you. I mean, you have a limited... <laughs> options on your phone until it dies right a time limit so i was out there in gainesville and i'm praying just driving around and just like god let me see him say preacher is that real does god do that yes, yes! 
So I was driving there and I found him because he actually answered his phone, right? But I was right there. I went and he signed the document and I could bring it back to my bosses. Did it make me any money? No. But I'm just telling you, God is involved in business. God is involved in business. But you know what? As long as we put Jesus first in our lives, the Bible said, Paul said, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of who? Jesus Christ. When Jesus comes into your life, I want Jesus first. And as long as I can put him first, the Bible said, and if for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, he said, and I do count them but dumb. And we know what that is. That I may win Christ and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The righteousness which is of God by what? By faith, by trusting Jesus. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection of the dead. You see, God has a lens for our life. And you know that when I begin to look through the lens of Jesus Christ, he goes, and I need glasses, yes, but I'm talking about a spiritual lens that the scales fell from his eyes and he began to look at everybody differently. Paul, you got to understand, he was like Osama bin Laden. And many look at Osama bin Laden and say, well, we'll just kill him, right? And then we did, okay? The SEAL Team 6, they killed him. But there's people like John Newton. He was a despicable, evil slave trader. And many of us today might have said, Kill him. Put him in prison. And you know what? I don't know. May, uh, that warrants uh, you know, correction and, and, and persecu- uh, prosecution. But you know, I'm so thankful that Jesus, he didn't say, I'm going to kill you or I'm going to murder you because you're an evil person. But he said, I'm going to redeem you. Yes. I'm going to change you. You know that even Osama bin Laden, even a man as evil as Hitler. Now, if you face the death penalty, I understand that. You have to pay the, for the crimes you've committed against society. I understand that. But Jesus' love is so amazing that Jesus can change a despicable, evil person into a redeemed man or a redeemed woman. Why? And because Jesus Christ has power to change us and not only change us, but to get us to see others that there's a possibility of change in them. As my wife comes to the piano, the last thing is the wisdom of Christmas context. You know that the wise men that came to see Jesus, they were wise. You know why they were wise? They were called wise men because they saw Jesus for who he was. And we know that because of the gifts they brought Jesus. (laughs) This man talked about he was joking about those uh, Christmas songs. A child, a child, shivers in the cold, let us bring him silver and gold. The comedian said, how about a blanket? <laughs> Shivering. <laughs> but the wise men, when they came to Jesus, <laughs> they gave him gold. Why did they give him gold? Because gold is a gift for a king. They gave him frankincense. What's frankincense? Frankincense was used as an incense. They give him frankincense because he was a priest. He's our great high priest. He's the go-between between between us and the Father. 
He's the only way to heaven. Well, why did they bring in myrrh? M-Y-R-R-H. Myrrh was an, anoint, an ointment for a body. See, these wise men knew not only was he a king, not only was he a priest, but he was also going to come to die. And it was to honor his sacrifice on the cross. See, they had the right lenses in And you know, I don't know how long. Can you imagine? Brother Patrick knows this, a business expense, because when they found him, he was up to two years old. They traveled for two years. How long would that take when you're away from home, away from your business? But it was an expense that they readily encountered and took upon them so that they could find God and actually see him for themselves and bring something and offer to him. Said preacher, but what can I offer to God? Really? God doesn't want gold and God doesn't want frankincense and God doesn't want myrrh. You know what he wants to do? He wants to give you corrective surgery. And he wants those lenses to fall out. Maybe you have a lens that views everything for some shame in your past or for some guilt in your past. Well, you know, God can't change your past. It's there, right? But Jesus is yesterday the same. So he can change the meaning of the past. He can't change the past. It's done. But he can change it. He can redeem it. He can turn it inside out. He can wash it. And he can change you. And change how you see things. Because he can make those scales fall out of your eyes. God has Christmas contacts. But with heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around this morning, God has surgery available. You know what? This morning, what's first in our lives? How do we see this world? Is it a world that is all about this or all about that? Or do we see things through the lens of Jesus Christ? And Christmas is not once a year. Christmas is a miracle to where Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. The miracle of Christmas, Nicodemus, that you perceive that God can change not only you, but how you see, how you see others, how you see others that aren't redeemed. Say, preacher, but they're evil. Yes, people are without Christ. They messed up. But you know that someone came and found me when I was messed up. I was telling my daughter, I was messed up. Maybe not like other people, but I had sin all around me. But Jesus found me and Jesus reached out to me and Jesus told me I could be new. And let me tell you, I look at others and say, well, they're not right. But Jesus can do something in them. Jesus can forgive them. Jesus can give them new lenses and there's new perspective and new hope that as as you're changed, someone else can be changed too. The same Jesus that changed you can change someone else. They can change your neighbor. So preacher, but he's racist. You know what? He might be, and that's wrong. But they need your love. They need need the power of Jesus Christ. The government can't change our country. Only Jesus can redeem our country. Because only Jesus is the sacrifice that was without sin, without blemish, without fault. And just as God redeems us, he can redeem others. Christmas contacts, the greatest gift. God, give us Christmas contacts today. And Lord, have your way in the way we see things and the way we see our loved ones. And maybe we can't focus on their faults, but focus on what God can do in their life. 
Focus on a place where Jesus could fill a void. Jesus could mend a hurt. Jesus could bind up a wound. And God, if I can do something, use me to show someone some grace and some mercy that they might need from someone who has had corrective vision performed by Jesus. Scales fell from his eyes. Let's find a place to pray. Let's find a place. God, let me see. Let me see needs in this world, God, through Jesus. Let me see the possibility of Jesus doing something. Brethren, these altars are open, but you know what? God can perform surgery. It's really on our heart. God, let my heart be tender again. Lord, let me see what Jesus can do. And God, we know that you can do something. Not only to me, but God, do something through me. Let me see a need and and fill it. Let me see a wound and heal it. Let me see a need and pray for that person. Say, well, they're so messed up, I know. But they're not beyond God. Because I wasn't either. Jesus. Jesus. Have your way. There's a name. Jesus. He paid the bill. Jesus. He has miracles. Jesus. He can not only make you see, but he can make you free. Don't you see there's freedom in Jesus Christ right now? He's available. He's the great physician. He's in the house. And the power of the Lord is present to heal. To heal in your body, not just in your your heart. Father, if there's a need of healing, Lord, heal this morning. Lord, if there's a need of physical healing, heal this morning. You need physical healing. These altars are open for physical healing. God can physically touch your body. If you want someone to pray with you, you just come down here. I'll pray with you. And God can make a difference. Lord, have your way. Go ahead and sing, Sister Bigelow. God, have your way, God. Christmas, God. There's a Savior. There's good news.
Paul called himself the chief of sinners. Before he got saved, he was like I was said, number one, public enemy number one. But you know, he became one of God's greatest, greatest messengers of mercy. And what did he end all of his epistles, all of the letters that Paul wrote? What did he end them with? The grace of God. <laughs> Be with you. It's only grace, the grace of Jesus Christ. And I only stand not on my works and not on my faith, but on the very grace of Jesus Christ. Because God's grace makes a difference. And God's grace can make a difference in you. God's can, grace can make a difference through you as you give someone the grace of God and you can change a life. God answers prayers. God is a real God. At this time, let's uh, we're going to dismiss in prayer. Brother, Brother Velez is our champion prayer because we have food. He's like the food hero. So, Brother Velez, would you ask the Lord's blessing? We, we, we also do have food carriers if you're headed out so you don't have to balance a plate and dump it in your car. So, uh, at this time, let's all have Christmas contacts. Christmas service is next Sunday. Come and worship. We're still having service. It's Sunday. Come worship and then go spend time with your family or get up at 6 and open all your presents and take out the trash, come to church, and then go back. We're not going to be having service next Sunday evening. Spend it with your family, but we are going to be having Sunday morning service. Brethren, it's Sunday. It's Christmas. There's treats for the kids back there today, so you can ration those out. Who's a big kid? We're all big kids. Uh, Brother Velez. Brother Velez. God, God bless. Thank God for Brother Velez. We were just talking about him the other day to my parents, right, who are visiting. And uh, Brother Velez, we've known him for like, what, 20 years or something like that? we known him when he was a kid. Now he's all grown up. His kids are almost this age that we met him at. So. <laughs> what in the world? Brother Velez, appreciate you too. God bless you. God bless you.